0: On the field and inside the clubhouse, this is Brewers
1: Extra Innings. Williams kicks the pitch, struck him out, fastball elevated, and the Brewers win it 6-4. to four. Devin Williams with back-to-back strikeouts here in the bottom of the 10th inning, and the Brewers have taken the first two games of this series. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management
0: Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee, with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt
2: Volley. This was quite simply a wow game. Wow. That just happened. Everything that happened over the course of four hours and three minutes, just flat out wow. You lose one of your top starting pitchers early on in Freddy Peralta after he gave up three runs and in two innings. The bullpen comes in, does a fantastic job, Offensively, you just slowly but surely start to chip away. You deal with umpiring that just inserts itself for for no apparent reason. You're getting guys thrown out. The Cardinals get a guy thrown out. That plays a big role in a late run in the game because they don't have Nolan Arnato at third base. And the Brewers somehow, someway, scr- scratch out a 6-4 win in St. Louis as they have taken the first two games... And it's a uh, it's a series win, and we'll see if they can come up with a series sweep coming up tomorrow. This is this is on the short list for candidates for best win of the year. Brewers get the 6-4 win. It's probably pretty tough to uh, to beat that game earlier this year when they got down big against the Cubs, that first start uh, for Ashby, but man, this is this is a really, really good win today. Let's bring in, I'm Matt Pauley. by the way, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A on air. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. Augie, I don't know if this is the best win of the year. I, I don't know if it's the most unlikely win of the year, but it, it's right up there in contention for, for both of those things.
3: I think it's a candidate for both. Uh, I tell you where the way he won this game, and you mentioned a game that Aaron Ashby started and the Brewers battled back right away. Uh, this one was special. I think when you look at what happened, you lose Freddie early, the bullpen comes in and throws Eight innings of really uh, under, of a shutout baseball. The the runner on second base scores in the in the tenth inning. But just when you look at this game, so many things had to happen. You were down. You battle back and you you, you fight back and you and you win. And what happens? You use twenty four out of twenty six of your active players. I tell you, talk about team wins. That is a team win.
2: Yeah, and just a quick update, because I'm sure a lot of people are very curious about this, and we'll play the comments from uh, Manager Craig Council later on in the program, but let's just give an update on Freddie Peralta. Uh, Peralta spoke with the media first. He said that he actually felt uncomfortable yesterday and uh, said it was not the swing where he hurt his shoulder. He says he does not feel bad enough to miss his next start, that he knows his and he's going to be fine. Craig Council, when speaking to the media, uh, he said that the shoulder issue is not serious and the trainers are optimistic he's going to be okay. Augie this is one of those things where with the lead that the Brewers have in the division uh, Freddie might want to make that next start but there is zero reason to push him to make that next start if he's feeling uncomfortable, if he's feeling sore, if he's feeling any of those things. They uh, they dodge a bullet with this not being a big deal but now it's more important to make sure he's at 100% moving forward, not that he's starting every six days.
3: Well, if you talk about, especially when you talk about about Burns and Woodruff and, and Peralta, if there's any of them that you kind of watch, want to watch kind of closely, it's got to be Freddie Peralta. He hasn't had those starts in a number of years to really work at that higher level and getting the innings pitched that he's had on a consistent basis. So, if there's one guy in this starting rotation that I believe that you you really want to watch out and maybe maybe just you know. Set him back a little bit, like give him a rest for a start or two. It would probably be Freddie. Uh, he's thrown the ball so well, and you know, you get to a certain time of the year, and this is the time of the year—the really the middle part of August, right up until September—when you get re-energized. That you know, you start feeling maybe you're you're a little bit of a tired arm or a little bit you're just not just not feeling right. So uh, a good time. Nothing was hurt with Freddie. It's a good time to maybe just take him and set him back a little bit. Now, whether it'll be a start or two, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think that's a good that's uh, everything turned out right. And I think it'd be a good uh, thing for Freddie Peralta to do.
2: Yeah, again, we've talked a lot about this with all these guys, but when you look at Peralta, this is more about Peralta than probably any other pitcher, more than Burns, uh, more than Woodruff. When you look at his innings pitched uh, and what he has done throughout his career, after today he is at 121 and a third innings pitched. He is just completely blowing by anything that he's ever done in his career before last year he threw uh 29 uh the year before he uh he was not even at 90 splitting time between uh the brewers and triple a so if in some ways, you know, if you want to throw him on the injured list, if you want to sit him down for two starts, I know he got a little bit of a break right around the All Star break, but it's kind of to me, Augie, it's kind of about you know massaging out the, these next six weeks of the year to make sure a guy like Freddie Peralta is at his best leading into the postseason.
3: I, I totally agree. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that he is at 100% when you get into that second part of September and going into the playoff, playoff season part of the season. So I, I think with Freddie here, and, and I think he brought up some great things with, excuse me, innings pitched. I think that is so huge. When you look at what he's done and you look at the innings pitched, you back off a little bit. I think that would really help him.
2: We'll let Augie get a little bit of water. Brewers come up with the win as they uh, knock off St. Louis today by a 6-4 score in 10 innings, putting up a three spot in the top of the 10th. Such a win. It's taking our breath away. The Brewers get the win over the Cardinals. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well. At Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. And the
4: pitch from Reyes. Swing and a high fly. Deep left. O'Neill back. Track. Gone. We are tied on a solo home run hit by Avi Saeel Garcia. 3-3 three, three here in the ninth.
2: 6-4, the final score. The Brewers get the win over the Cardinals in 10 innings. They were down 3-0. They were down by a run in the ninth, and they push across uh, 3. After they tied it in the uh, ninth. they push across 3 in the 10th, and they end up winning by a 6-4 score. Welcome back into the program. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting uh, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. You can also tweet Tweet into the program, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Mike in Colorado texting in says, says, who says Christian Yelich shouldn't bunt? Excellent gutsy play by Yelich. This win might be their best team victory of the 2021 season. Cheers to Jace too, and the bullpen steals another slice of hope from the Cardinals. Augie, we spend a lot of time talking about bunting. Generally, when we're talking about bunting, we're talking about it in sacrifice form. Uh, in this t- Tonight, uh, for Yellich to kind of recognize the fact that Nolan Arnato's out of the game, uh, notice that the, the third baseman's playing back a little bit, to put down a bunt in that situation, I think it is a gutsy play, but I liked it, and obviously it worked out.
3: Uh, it's a MVP type of at bat when you look at a guy who's got an opportunity to do something special. And you said it perfectly. The, the third baseman who came in Soto was playing back a little bit. He took a good look at it and, and put the bunt down. A key spot in the game, especially late in the ball game, by putting it down and beating it out there. Uh He was just safe. Just just made it to first base. He was safe just uh by replay. But when you look at what he does for the ball club, and we talked so much. And you talked about it last night. Where do you like him to hit? Do you like him second or third, or but he, third or deeper in the lineup? I think you like him in the lineup, and wherever he does, <laughs> he does things special. And I think you are right. I think that second in that third slot is the best spot. I do like him at in the second spot, like you talked about last night. But you see what Adamus has been doing in that second spot with after a long hitting, it just puts a, puts guys on base for Yelly to come up and have that opportunity to do special things and some nights he's going to get the base hits tonight he did it with his speed of a speed of putting down the bunt and beating that out that was a huge run and really opened the door for them to score the sixth run in the inning
2: not a great night at the plate for yellow He goes one for five it takes him to the 10th inning to get a hit but with that hit he does extend the hitting streak to seven games so it certainly is good to see that and just this is one of those games. Augie, uh, J- Jack Flaherty was really, really good for the Cardinals, and eventually he let up a little bit, uh, giving up a couple home runs, but not much more than that. Uh, but once the Brewers were able to to get to the bullpen, and once they were able to to get there in the uh, l- late in the game to to potentially to, to tie it up like they did. I mean, this is one where maybe and we haven't even talked about the bullpen yet and we'll certainly get to that here in a second but just the fact that the Cardinals never pulled away and the Brewers were able to kind of stay within shouting distance well that plays out big uh, there late in the contest when they're able to tie it up in the ninth.
3: And the Cardinals knew what a big game this was. This was a huge game for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cincinnati Cincinnati had gotten beat by the Cubs San Diego had gotten beat by the Colorado Rockies. They- they had an opportunity to pick up a, a full game in that in that wild card race and uh, it was a huge game for him and you're right Flaherty threw the ball very well and you know we did something special we, we tied the game against Reyes he's only had one other blown save all year so far throws the ball very well uh, obviously Garcia got that that ball on the inside part of plate. really put a good swing I pulled those hands in drove the ball in the corner at the ball game and uh, from there it was the Brewers game especially in that 10th in that inning when the, the Cardinals made a couple errors and allowed the Brewers to score three runs, but just the way the Brewers went about this game, they're behind, they come, they tie the score, and then win in the extra innings It's just so special because this really was a huge game for the St. Louis Cardinals.
2: Uh, Avi Garcia there in the ninth inning, there, that was a really busy couple minutes because you had Omar Nervaez striking out looking on a, on a horrendous call, um, and, and then he gets tossed, you got Craig Council getting tossed, and then Garcia comes up and, and does his thing. How tough is it to kind of block out everything that just happened, if you're Garcia, and do what you do on that next first pitch that you see?
3: Well I I think what what he what obviously I was doing there is just looking at he knew coming in the game that he was going to get a he's going to get that one pitch to hit you got to really focus you can't worry about what is going on with with Craig and, and Navarre there the pitch was definitely out, outside off the plate but the umpire had a really really a expanded strike zone almost the whole night long and the, those things do happen but you really got to you really got to give a lot of credit to obviously L. he knew he was going to get a pitch on either part of the plate or he's going to get a good pitch to hit and then when he saw that Slider just spinning and staying on the inside part of plate. I just thought he got quick on the inside part of plate. He pulled his hands in and, and really put just a really good swing on it. And it's just something that he's done all year. You make a mistake on obviously El Garcia and he's going to hurt you. And he showed it all year. And tonight with the two big home runs was really huge for the Brewers. The umpires really
2: inserted themselves into this one. You mentioned the strike zone and it was pretty big all day. But there were some there were some big. Big, big misses uh, in this game by home plate umpire Ramon Jesus. Alan Porter, the first base umpire, he was involved uh, because he uh, rung up uh, Nolan Arenado on two separate occasions on check swings, and uh, it was the second one that results in Arenado getting thrown from the game, and that that plays a huge role in this game because of, of the Yelich bunt. Auggie, we we don't have to spend too much time talking about this because the Brewers do end up winning but I think as a baseball fan at least from my perspective it's pretty frustrating when you see some of the things from the umpires that we saw in this game tonight
3: well I you know you think about the strike zone and you why strike zones are okay uh, it's a part of baseball and certain umpires are going to have white strikes wide strike zones but I think what's what's really disturbing about it and uh, and especially with uh, with Omar in the in the pitch that that he was called out on is they it's so inconsistent if you're consistent in a in an area with a strike zone that's fine pa- players will adjust it's the inconsistencies that they have especially behind the plate that really really causes the most problems and and tonight he would and tonight it just seemed like sometimes he'd be tight on the inside sometimes he'd give a, give the ball and give a strike off the off the strike zone that it shows on uh, uh on the inside part of the plate, but, but it's the inconsistencies, I think, Matt, when you talk about the game of baseball that really, that really frustrates players and coaches. Because if you're consistent, you know what it's going to be and you play the game and that's the way it's going to be. When you're inconsistent, you don't know how to make those adjustments. And these guys are up there trying to do something special and make the adjustments, put the ball in play and get something going to go help their team win. And that's what's the most disturbing part about when you get inconsistencies from an umpire, especially behind a play.
2: I'm kind of torn on this because umpires are, are taught to stay cool, stay calm, stay collective, not let the emotion of the moment take over. But when when that moment was taking place, and Narvaez gets thrown out, and Craig Council gets thrown out, I'm watching Jesus, Ramon Jesus, the home plate umpire, and he just he had a very apathetic look to himself. I like I just. I it was all the, the body language to me was really bad. It was like he didn't even want to be there. And maybe I'm looking too deep into this. And I wasn't a big fan of his strike zone, so I've already got uh, a little bit of a biased opinion against him. And I, I can certainly admit that. But it, it really, I thought it was a really weird uh, expression on his face and body language during uh, the Narvaez and the council tossing.
3: Yeah, I think, but these—it seems like these are younger umpires, and they're trying to trying to understand to be consistent. And I think that's a, the toughest thing. Just like players make mistakes, umpires make mistakes. And I think the hardest thing for an umpire, because it's such an important part of the game. And people say that umpiring is not important; that should never make a difference in the game. But it does make a difference in the game when you have the inconsistencies. And it just seems like tonight that he just couldn't get—he just couldn't get a comfort level. Behind Behind the plate uh, to call balls and strikes that were consistent, and balls were off the plate a little bit, and those things happen. They're they're human. They're going to make mistakes, and they're going to call pitches a little bit different from time to time. But uh, I agree with you. I, I think he looked he looked especially with the with the, the Omar Navarez, uh and Craig Council situation. He just looked uncomfortable, and I, I think those were the young players as they get in the league longer. They learn and they understand and the The biggest thing they have to work on is trying to be consistent. That is the whole name of the game.
2: We can sit here and complain about umpiring. The bottom line is it probably helped the Brewers more than it helped the Cardinals, just in the sense that uh, Arnado gets tossed, his spot came up, and it was Sosa who had to come to the plate. And again, it's not Arnado a third when Yelich puts that bunt down. And Yelich has admitted that that was part of the thinking behind it, uh, that with with Arnado not there, that he could have a better shot of reaching uh, on a bunt. And, Augie, how about the base running by Yelich, just the the next hit with with the Peterson hit. The ball gets away out there in right field. Yelich scores from first. I think the Brewers probably have three guys on the roster in Yelich, Kane, and JBJ who can all score from first on that play. But those are three of just a handful across all of Major League Baseball who would be scoring from first on that ball.
3: Special players that are complete players. They understand every part of the game. They understand that running the bases is as important as hitting the ball and getting on the base because you can you can help your team do so many things. And uh, you look at Christian right at when he did the bunt right out of the batter's box, just at full full uh, full speed going down that baseline, and then the ball hit the right field. Right from the minute the ball was hit, he was at full tilt going around second base, and going to third. That's what this ball club has done. We see it happen. In Pittsburgh, where they won a ball game because of base running, just being able to be aggressive on the bases is so important. But it's like Mike, like Mike on the Colorado said, you look at this ball game tonight, and when we reflect back from at the end of the year, this is going to be a special game, a special game because there's so many elements of the game of baseball that took place from the starting pitching losing Freddie, the bullpen doing real well, the home runs come, they're battling back, and then the last inning with. The bunt by Christian Yelich, and then the running of the bases on the base hit the right field. Those are all special things, and it took 24 guys out of 26 guys to win a ball game. But when you do that, it becomes awful special.
2: A 6-4, 10-inning win for the Brewers over the Cardinals. They take the series, and they do it in dramatic fashion today. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the Net Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program, at Matt Pauly on air. I- I've seen all the text messages, by the way, come in about uh, the station having maybe some transmitter issues. We are working on those. I think we're back on uh, right now, had an, had an issue or two, uh, but seeing everything coming in and we have certainly uh our engineers have been on it throughout the course of uh, the evening but uh, appreciate everybody letting us know about what's going on brewers get the 6-4 wade in st louis in 10 innings we're back with more in a moment on wtmj
0: it's brewers extra innings with matt foley on wtmj
1: reyes brings home the pitch and yelich puts a bunt up the third baseline charging sosa the throw to first not in time yelich beat it out scores from third and the Brewers lead it five to three.
2: Good thing Alan Porter called him safe over at first base because if he would have called him out and that would have gone to replay, I don't think they would have uh, overturned it in the other direction either. That was one of those that was going to be call stands no matter what. Pretty close to call, but they call him safe. He extends his hit streak to seven games. That gets another run in and when all is said and done the Brewers come away with a really good 6-4 10 inning win over the Cardinals. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Paulie, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 you can also tweet into the program at Matt Paulie on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Doug texting in says even with this thing wrapped up, they don't quit they want to win. Showing Killer instinct. I like that and let's throw Garcia in there with Adamas for MVP. He's just as valuable big, big hit. Augie, this is their thirty-first come-from-behind win, and uh, Doug used a Doug used the term "killer instinct," and to be to be blunt, I think at times in previous years, as good as this team has been in previous years, um, they sometimes have missed that. And we've talked about it a lot in, in previous years. They have maybe played down to their opponents and played up to their opponents. Uh, they've gotten leads and not added on and done things like that. I think Doug hit that one right on. This team feels different, and it does feel like there is that you know quote-unquote killer instinct where they're never dead, and when they have the opportunity to knock out the other team, more often than not, they're going to do it.
3: You know, I think sometimes you get to certain ball clubs, you, you, like you just said, that we sometimes have seen teams in the past that when they play down to their teams, when they're playing a team that is a sub-500 team, and that, that it, it seems like it's that way. I don't know if it really is that way, but it seems like it's that way. There's something special about this club that they feel that they need to go out and do something special, and that's, that starts with going out and winning every series. They know they're not going to win every ball game. They know they're going to games are going to be tough they're going to you're going to really have to win in many different ways and they have shown that i think on this road trip you have already seen them that they have showed that they can win in many different ways but it's just a team that goes out and they're 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 all keyed in on i am going to go out and play ninth innings 27 outs, and i want to win each ball game and i want to win each series and i think that's the type of attitude cuz they know once you get to that postseason it's all about winning a series going out winning the best out of three or the best out of five and the best out of seven. That's what you have to do and I think that's what this team is geared up. But they have done so many neat things. You just talked about the 31 games coming from behind. The road series wins, they're now 16-3-1. That is amazing, the numbers that they're putting up. But this is a team that from player one or player 60 who has been with this ball club all come in with the idea of that culture that we're going to go out we're going to play every game for 27 hours and we our goal is to win each game if not win each game we want to win each series
2: Again, I saw this. uh, There's a columnist out of St. Louis by the name of Bernie Miklas, and he's a really good columnist, and he had written a uh, a season preview or a series preview column about this series that came out before yesterday's game. So this is even better right now than it was uh, yesterday because this doesn't account for yesterday's win and today's win. I didn't realize this, and I'll see if if you knew it or not. I knew the Brewers had been very good, obviously, over the last few years under Craig Council, all these players off years, uh, but Bernie did the numbers. I want to give credit where credit is due. Going into this uh, series, since the start of the 2017 season, the Brewers rank second in the National League at, when their winning percentage at 559. Only the Dodgers are better at number one at 628. So, all, What I'm saying is, since the start of 2017, the Brewers have the second best winning percentage in the National League. That is something.
3: Yeah, you know, it's the culture that Craig wanted to bring here. And, you know, I, I remember when they were talking about Craig coming in and what did he want to do in this culture that he has here with Milwaukee, and that's to bring a winning culture. We, we talk about winning baseball games. We talk about being a good teammate. We talk about going out and playing hard for 27 uh, outs each and every day. But that it didn't stop there. I think the reason that this culture is carried on, he actually went to the minor leagues, and one of the speeches he gave to the minor leagues and this is just what I heard, was you have to learn how to win. Win doesn't come just getting to the big leagues and winning baseball games. Winning comes from when it starts and when you're drafted, when you go to A-ball and you go up the ladder and you get to the big leagues. That's where winning starts, and that's the culture I think he's brought here, and I thought when he started, right from day one, he had that culture already starting that, hey, we're going to go out, we're going to play hard. I know what it is. I understand that there's ups and downs, but we're going to go and play. But the culture is be a winner, be a good teammate. Always make yourself better because every player that, that makes himself better makes the team better, and it's really paid off for this organization.
2: Um, it's, it's been kind of enjoyable for me to watch the social media reaction coming out of St. Louis to this series because – Colton Wong has had such an impact. He had all the hits yesterday. Today, he made some spectacular defensive plays. He made the running play early on. He made plays that were deep in the hole, have to spin uh, over to, to first base. And it just—it feels like every Cardinals fan out there is watching Colton Wong play, saying, "Why is he not doing this in a Cardinal uniform?" Well, he's not because the Cardinals declined his option. And now he comes to the Brewers, and he's putting together just a fantastic season. And even with the time he has missed, he has produced more uh, in, the, in the games that he has appeared in than basically what St. Louis has been able to get out of their second-base position. You know that uh, this, type, this series against his former team means so much to him, and he really has had an impact in it.
3: You know Matt, I'll ask you the question because you've been around for a while and you've got to see the Cardinals play you've got to see Colton Wong play with the Cardinals I personally have always liked Colton Wong I think I think he's been a guy who's his guy who always hustles he tries to do special things but this year is different there's a difference in his the way he goes about his job the way he plays the game and the and the way he is performed in the game and i'm not saying that he was a bad player before but it just seemed like when he came over to milwaukee he had something a renewed confidence that saying hey i'm coming to a team that i can make a big difference to i'm coming to a team that you know what i I can help this team be better. And I don't know if he had that in St. Louis. I, it's hard to say because you know what respect they have. When Yadier Merlina comes, when, when Colt Wong comes to the plate, he steps out in front of the plate and he turns to the fans and he makes sure that they clap for Colt Wong. That's the respect he had in St. Louis. But I think when Colton Wong came over here, he just got rejuvenated and said, you know what, I have an opportunity to make a big difference to a team that's so close. And I, you see it in this play, you see him at the plate, the way what he's done, you see him in the field what he's done, and you see the way he reacts to his teammates, and I think that's really special.
2: He's never had an offensive season like this, that's for sure. His best season from a batting average standpoint was in 2019 when he had 285, so that's about equal to what he's doing right now, but he didn't have the power that year that he was showing now. So that year, uh, that that's his closest year to, to this one, but it does feel like he's doing what he's always done from a defensive standpoint. Uh, they didn't bat him leadoff a ton either in St. Louis, uh, if I remember correctly, and he fits that leadoff spot, I think, so. so. So well. Well,
3: and, and I think I'm not saying that he did bad in, in St. Louis. I think he was always a really good player. I just think when he came in St. Louis, he was always batting later in the batting order. Always played very good second second base and did what he was supposed to do. I just think when he came here, he was brought here for a for a reason, and that is to solidify this defense to make it better. He was brought here as a leader to be to do something special for this team. And from day one, that's the that's the attitude he came in here with and that's the way they, the attitude that the Brewers accepted him to this ball club and making a difference in this organization and I think it's really paid off for Colton Wong and even more so for the Milwaukee Brewers
2: somehow someway we've done been on the air for about a half hour and we have barely mentioned the performance of the bullpen that's going to change in about two minutes when we're back with more here on WTMJ
0: this is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ
1: the one two pitch. Here's a chopper. Ranging is Wong. Slides, fields, throws to first in time. Oh, Colton Wong putting on a show tonight back in St. Louis. Yeah, a
2: big show. A big show for Colton Wong. It was a lot of fun to watch. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. Augie, the, the, we, we buried the lead because of everything that happened. The Avi Garcia home run, uh, the, the umpiring stuff, and just everything. The, this, this comeback is not possible without the bullpen putting together one of their most impressive performances of the year. Freddie Peralta's done after two innings because of a shoulder issue. Hunter Strickland, two innings, and then you get one scoreless inning from Jake Cousins, Brent Suter, Miguel Sanchez, Daniel Norris, Josh Hader, Devin Williams comes in, gives up the runner at second. That's an unearned run, so the only run that the bullpen gives up is the runner on at second in extra innings. Uh, it is, you can't do any better than that. That is that is an all-time type of bullpen performance today by the Brewers.
3: You know, man, I'm going to state something here, and I, and I know you're going to understand it because we've talked so much about, about pitching and any time around you know, maybe I bore you so much about the pitching, but this is going to be one night This is going to be one night that after that game, whether it's in the clubhouse or it's on that bus, going back to the hotel, when all those relievers are going to look at each other and just smile and say, wow. What an accomplishment! It's one that you get. It's one of those games. It's special. You don't see it very often in the game of baseball. But it's one of these times when tomorrow they come to that ballpark and they go out and they loosen up before the game and stretch and do their stretching. They're going to be a group going out and they're going to look at each other and go, "Yeah." We did it, yesterday was awesome. And those are the things that that are so special about the game of baseball. And I think you understand what I'm talking about because it's a group, it's a group going out, trying to help help a portion of this ball club be good. And tonight that bullpen, everybody but Boxberger pitch, everybody was involved, everybody had a part in it. And I'll tell you what, you get it as individuals from time to time, very seldom do you get it as a group. Tonight you get that accomplishment as a group and you don't see that very often
2: if it would have gone 11 we probably would have seen boxberger because the bullpen starts to work backwards once you get into uh, extra innings and after Hader pitched uh, it was williams who was the the next guy in and you know, daniel norris has been much maligned since he got here and, and he went out and he was able to record two strikeouts jake cousins just continues to put up incredible numbers i mean he is it's it, it, it is beyond remarkable what he has been able to do. We can say much the same about Miguel Sanchez, Brent Suter being put in a situation, and because everybody but Strickland threw uh, one inning, Strickland threw two, Augie, it's not a great situation for the team with using that many bullpen guys uh, in in one game, but they, it, they're not in a horrible, horrible spot going to tomorrow. I wouldn't be shocked if they do make some sort of move and get somebody up from Nashville just to give them a fresh arm, but if they they don't, uh, because uh, those guys all threw one innings, and for the most part, pitch counts were low. Cousins 15 pitches, Suter 12 pitches, Sanchez 14 pitches, uh, Norris 17 pitches, Hater at 14 pitches, and Williams at 18, so not a single relief pitcher other than Hunter Strickland uh, threw 20 pitches or more, so not only did they do a really good job, the, this situation is not horrendous going into tomorrow.
3: And especially when you have Brandon Woodruff on the mound tomorrow, I I think that puts you in a pretty good position because you know he's the kind of guy that goes out and gives you innings. So the one inning a piece is special where I think a lot of these guys can bounce back. And the one thing that's been really impressive to me and I saw a learning situation, I saw it with Devin Williams. When when Josh Hader went down with with the COVID. He was put into the closers role, and and during that closers role, I think he found a renewed uh, confidence in his fastball. You still got You still ha- you still have that great changeup that he does have. But you would have to. I think you you can remember pitches in tonight's game, pitches in a couple, and the night before his game when he reused really that fastball effectively. When he commanded it in the strike zone, got ahead of hitters, and even last night we saw a slider once or twice. So. I, I just think for Devin Williams he's the last week or two when Josh has been on that COVID, he's picked up some confidence in a pitch that he understands that it's that's not that that change up boy when I can use both the fastball and that change up with confidence it makes me that much better a pitcher and that's really neat to see because when you talk about him with the change up in the fastball and the slider I'll tell you what the ceiling goes up and his confidence goes up and he can be very valuable to this club.
2: Brewers get the win in St. Louis in 10 innings. The news in two minutes and then post-game comments from manager Craig Council. After that, this is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
1: 2-1 pitch. Here's a high drive out to deep right. Newt Marr is back at the warning track. He looks up and it is gone for Willie Adamas. Adamas hits his 22nd of the year he must have heard us talking about that MVP conversation because he does some damage to Jack Flaherty and the Brewers are on the board it's three to one when the
2: season got started one of our running gags was anytime I said the word bounce back I got dinged Greg we may have to change that I know it's a I know we don't do in-season changes but it might just be anytime I say remarkable we, uh, we might have to go with the ding because this is another remarkable moment and remarkable win for the Brewers. There it is. They beat St. Louis by a 6-4 score in 10 innings. Brewers extra innings rolling on. Uh, Manager Craig Council spoke just a little while ago. And uh, speaking of remarkable, wait for it, wait for it, maybe not, okay. Uh, the... There it is. Sorry, I'm just I'm throwing you on, putting you on an island there. Uh, Craig Council talking about just just how remarkable this win is.
5: Uh, yeah, it, it definitely goes to the top of the list or close to the top of the list for sure. It was just a great team effort more than anything. Um, so many guys did stuff. Every, every guy in the bullpen just was incredible tonight. Um, you know, in, in a tough circumstance, yeah. Um, but to hold them scoreless, uh, you know, really the rest of the way, um, it was, was pretty special. It's seven guys did that. Um, and that's pretty special. Um, and then we just took advantage of some mistakes. We got some big home runs. Avi obviously um, delivered two of them. Um, and then we, we took advantage of some mistakes in the, in the 10th and held up.
4: Craig, where were you when Avi hit the tying home run? Had you made it very
5: far? Um. No, I was probably at the bottom of the steps. Really, yeah, know, honestly, it was first pitch, so I think it was first pitch. Um, so I was probably just at the bottom of the steps.
3: Craig, what, what's your take on Freddie's
5: uh, issue? On he didn't seem to think it was that bad, but wanted to see what you had to say about. It. Yeah, I mean, I, he described it as scratchy. His shoulder was just, you know, not. Just wasn't perfect today. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's not concerned. Our trainers are are very optimistic as well. So it's, um, you know, we'll, we're going to be cautious no matter what, I I think. Um, so we'll, we'll give it some time here. We'll see what it, see what it looks like tomorrow, see how he reports tomorrow. Um, but you know, it, it, you know, he, he, says he, he we saw something on the swing you know the, the stuff in the first two innings was it was down a little bit but Freddie Freddie has sometimes pitches you know as the game goes this the kind of stuff goes up so it's sometimes a little hard to tell he kind of started the Chicago game out like that and then finished with ninety sevens and so it, it was a little hard to tell but um, um you know after after a swing in the second and you know, we pressed him a little bit and he said it was bugging him a little bit so we got him out of there and like I said I think. I think uh, we'll be cautious, but I think um I don't think it's going to be anything serious. Craig, is that just the last two days,
4: or is this the thing that's been nagging him longer than that?
5: No, he 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 said just the last two days. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think the way he pitched in Chicago, I mean, like you know, throwing like that, I don't. I don't think there's anything there, and you know, he's very confident in his bullpen and going leading up into the start.
4: Craig, you've talked a lot about Christian helping the team win games in different ways. Was uh a- a bunt single and just his speed again, a big, a big part of that tonight.
5: Yeah. Well, it's, that's the thing. I mean, that, we, it, you know, reminds you of the game in Cincinnati when he scored the run on a, just a little strange play, but it, the speed is, it, it, it's, it's like nobody else's sometimes, you know, you see it, you see it, the difference that his speed can make. And, you know, it was a great idea on his part. Um, you know, we got a pitch, could do it, and put a button fair territory, and um, turned out to be a huge play, and then took advantage of a mistake and scored all the way from first, like, probably one, our only guy that can do it, so um, it's another way, another way you can beat somebody, and he used it tonight.
4: Craig, besides being good, the bullpen guys were largely
2: efficient uh, in their pitching tonight. Do you feel just good about the way you're set up moving forward at it- it seemed like the way you were going, inning by inning, you are sort of thinking ahead that
4: way.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we're going to have a couple guys unavailable, but um, but we're we're good enough, you know. And we, and we got Woody on the mound tomorrow. And but you know, any any time you play a game like this, you you pay a little bit of a price. Uh, any time you you know you got to cover eight innings from the bullpen, you're going to pay a price the next day. But when you come out of the, with a win, I, I think it. it you know, it makes it. Um, you know, you, you get you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow kind of thing. Um, but we're we're in good shape. We got a bunch of guys that um, have just pitched one day now and pitched one inning and had a clean inning, like like Brent and um, Jake Cousins. Um, you know, they'll be in good shape to, uh, going into tomorrow. One other thing you had to overcome there at the end, and maybe the Cardinals will say the same thing: is an interesting interpretation of the strikes done by that guy. Um, what were your hitters saying to you? And I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures, like the Escobar or Omar. Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was just a tough zone tonight. Um, you know, what, what can you say? It was it was a tough zone, uh, and just it, it, it got to the point where you know it, you could almost see the umpire second guessing himself, um, and, and that that's when it gets frustrating for the guys.
1: Hey, Greg, two wins here against this team. And pushing them twelve games back means a lot at this time.
5: Well, we're just we're just trying to win games here. Our, our mission is to win games. Um, you know we, we don't necessarily have to worry about anybody else. Just win games. So that's 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 our mission, and um, we've picked up two so far. Craig Council
2: channeling his uh his inner Al Davis. Just win, baby. Just win brewers get the win over uh st louis six four in ten innings how does it all go down we'll tell you next with the highlights here on wtmj ready for this fly ball this
0: deep right
2: and this
0: third
4: deck holy
2: smokes time for July highlights here's matt Pauly. 6-4, 10 innings, Brewers get the win. Starting pitching matchup, Freddy Peralta going for the Brewers. Jack Flaherty on the mound for St. Louis. It would be the Cardinals who would strike first in the bottom of the first inning with one out. Paul Goldschmidt, he doubles after a strikeout of Nolan Arnato It brings up Tyler O'Neill Swinging away and a ground ball through the left side of base hit. They're going to send Goldschmidt. Here comes Yelich towards the plate, a bobble, and he will not throw
4: home. He had a chance to throw Goldschmidt out, but a bad exchange between the glove and the hand cost the Brewers a potential run. So a broken
2: back double by Goldschmidt and a and I single to the left side for Tyler O'Neill, and the Cardinals are on the board. Yadier Molina is then hit by a pitch that puts runners on at first and second for Lars Newtbar. And a line drive
4: into center of base hit. They're going to send O'Neal. Jackie Bradley Jr. will hold on to the
2: baseball. It's 2-0 St. Louis. They would take that 2-0 lead to the second when they would score another run with uh, two-ounce Tommy Edmond doubles. He's on at second for Paul Goldschmidt. That one hit out towards right center.
4: Garcia on the run, looks up, and it's off the top of the fence. Scoring is Edmund Goldschmidt is in the second with an RBI double. More two-out damage by the Cardinals. Three two-out runs have scored in this game.
2: Brewers would go down quietly in the top of the third, and then the bottom of the third comes. A bit of a surprise. Hunter Strickland comes on to pitch due to an injury to Freddie Peralta that we would later learn was uh, some shoulder discomfort. So the Brewers are down 3-0, and they're going to the bullpen in the third. It doesn't look especially good at that point. Strickland throws up a zero there in the third, and then the Brewers would get on the board. They were being no hit in the fourth.
1: That changes with Willie Adamas. 2-1 pitch. Here's a high drive out to deep right. Newt is back at the warning track. He looks up and it is gone for Willie Adamas. Adamas hits his 22nd of the year. He must have heard us talking about that MVP conversation because he does some damage to Jack Flaherty and the Brewers are on the board. It's 3-1.
2: After Strickland throws a scoreless bottom of the fourth inning, the Brewers get another run on the board in the fifth. It comes courtesy of Avisao Garcia. And he lines one deep
4: into left field. Going back, O'Neal still back, warning track. It's gone into the bullpen for Avi Garcia. And just like that, it's a 3-2 ball game.
2: It would stay 3-2 for a while. Jake Cousins would throw a scoreless fifth. Brent Suter puts up a zero in the sixth inning. Jack Flaherty was done after six. Hinesis Cabrera came in in the seventh for the Cardinals. Miguel Sanchez, he pitches the bottom of the seventh for the Brewers. Doesn't give up a run in the eighth inning. Daniel Norris comes in. He allows a base runner, nothing more. So still a 3-2 game as we go to the ninth inning. In the top of the ninth, new pitcher in for St. Louis. That would be Alex Reyes. He has only, at that point in time, blown one save this year. He would get Omar Narvaez striking out looking on just a horrendous, horrendous, horrendous strike three call. Narvaez gets thrown out of the game. Craig Council gets thrown out of the game. The next pitch after all of that, the next pitch that is thrown is to Aviseo Garcia. And the pitch from Reyes.
4: Swing and a high fly. Deep left. O'Neal back. Track. We are tied on a solo home run hit by Avi Sahil Garcia. 3-3 here in the ninth
2: just a crazy two minutes there with everything that took place so it goes to the bottom of the ninth inning tied 3-3 Josh Hader comes on to pitch hits Tommy Edmund with a pitch but Paul Goldschmidt pops out and Munda Sousa uh, lines out and it should be noted he was in there because Nolan Arnato got thrown out earlier and then Tyler O'Neal at the plate another one-two pitch slider got him what a pitch from Josh Hader. He strikes out Tyler
4: O'Neill, and the inning comes to a close. The Brewers have tied it. We go to the 10th inning in St. Louis.
2: Yeah, a little extra baseball there, Busch Stadium in St. Louis. It would go well for the Brewers. Top of the 10th inning, Jackie Bradley, the runner, starting at
1: second base. The first hitter of the inning is Luis Urias. And the 1-0 pitch. And Urias, a little swinging bunt up the third baseline. Reyes fields and then throws it away. Hits up by the tarp. Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be held at third. Urias will check into second.
2: We don't say this very often, but that was not fantastic base running by JBJ. Generally, he's a better base runner than that. He started at third, or ends at third, feels like he could have gone home. Ends up not really mattering. Uh, Colton Wong flies out. Willie Adamas strikes out. So at that moment, it feels like JBJ not scoring was really, really big. Well, it wasn't because the Cardinals gave the Brewers
1: a gift. Here's the 0-1 pitch. And it's down and away, and it gets away from Molina. Bradley's going to scamper home, on to third goes Urias, and the Brewers take a 4-3 lead.
2: That wild pitch happening with Christian Yelich at the plate, and then
1: Yelich does this. Urias brings home the pitch, and Yelich puts a bunt up the third baseline, charging Sosa the throw to first, not in time! Yelich beat it out! Urias scores from third, and the Brewers lead it 5-3! 5-3! The
2: gutsy bunt single off the bat of Christian Yelich. It gives him a seven-game hitting streak. Jace Peterson then comes up to the plate as a pinch hitter. The
1: pitch, Jace Peterson, a rocket in the right. It's diving, and it gets down, and now losing it is Nudbar. Yelich around third. Here comes the throw home. It's not going to be in time. Peterson on to second. It's a base hit for Peterson. Nudbar couldn't find it as it... Dove and landed right in front of him. He tried to pick it on a short hop It bounced off of his body and the Brewers lead it six to three To the bottom of the tenth we go and Devin
2: Williams comes on to pitch for the Brewers The runner starting at second for St. Louis is Tyler O'Neal The first batter of the inning is Yadier Molina
1: and the one-two pitch lined back up the middle and into center field for a base hit O'Neill's around third. Here's the throw home from Bradley and and uh, Pena never got the tag on him. Throw almost beat O'Neill there. It was a pretty good throw from Bradley, but Pena caught it just out in front of the plate a little bit. He tried to turn and get the tag on O'Neal. He wasn't able to do so. It's a 6-4 ball game. That was a change-up.
2: That's a big hit by Molina because it brings the potential tying run up to the plate. It's a two-run game, 6-4. The next hitter is Lars Newtbar. He reaches on a fielder's choice where Molina is out at second. Then Paul DeYoung strikes out, so two outs in the inning,
1: and it's Harrison Bader at the plate. Williams kicks the pitch, struck him out, fastball elevated, and the Brewers win it 6-4. Devin Williams with back-to-back strikeouts here in the bottom of the 10th inning, and the Brewers have taken the first two games of this series with
2: the win the brewers go to 74 and 47 while the uh, cardinals drop to 61 and 58 winning totals for the crew six runs eight hits no errors they leave six for the cardinals four runs eight hits three errors they leave 11 winning pitcher josh Hader. he's four and two the loss to alex reyes who is also charged with a blown save he's five and six devin williams the save it is his third of the year Home runs, Willie Adamas hits his 22nd. Avisio Garcia hitting his 22nd and 23rd. The game lasting four hours and three minutes played in front of a crowd of 25,938 folks. Brewers get the win over the Cardinals. 6-4 we will return and uh, we will preview the finale of the series. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings.
0: WTMJ, W277CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
2: Wrapping things up, Brewers get a 6 4 10 inning win in St. Louis. Another come from behind win for the crew this year around the National League Central. Cubs defeat the Reds today by a 7-1 score, so the Reds miss out on an opportunity to gain ground in the wild card race. And the Dodgers all over the Pirates 9-0. So the standings right now in the NL Central. Brewers have a a 9.5 game lead on the Reds. Cardinals 12 back, Cubs 21 back. Pirates are 32 back in the wild card race. The Padres lose again. They fall to the Rockies today as they have lost three in a row. But neither the Reds or Cardinals could take advantage of that. Padres continue to hold on to the second wild card position. The Reds are a game and a half back, while the Cardinals are four games back of that second wild card. Phillies at four and a half. The Mets are at five and a half. Brewers and Cardinals will wrap up this series later on today. Technically. Thursday is what I'm talking about as uh, the two teams are going to wrap up the series uh, in St. Louis. The pitching matchup, Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the crew. The right-hander 7-6 with a 2.18 ERA. It's going to be John Lester getting the start for St. Louis. That's so weird to say. The left-hander is 4-6 and six with a 5.32 ERA. 6.45 first pitch. That means coverage begins at six I'll be with you along with Jerry Augustine after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ day.